chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. He said, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Let us pray. Father, we give you praise and glory. We magnify your name, Adonai. We give you praise because every time you speak to us, we are being changed. We are being transformed. We are being nourished. We are being fortified. We pray this morning, oh God, as we hear your word, grant us grace and give us understanding that every revelation you are sending to us this morning will be polished and sealed in our hearts for our transformation and for our welfare. Take the glory this morning. Interpret your word in our hearts. Not as I speak, but as you intend. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. We are still on a series, the Word of God, a series on the Word of God. And this morning I want to talk to you on the topic, doing the Word. Doing the Word. And I always, I, I remember telling you a story about a missionary that was sent to India. And he was in that country for 20 years. And he was not able to have up to 20 members in his church. But he was loyal, he was faithful in whatever he was doing. He was so committed for all his 20 years. And finally he died and his corpse was sent back home and he was buried. And so the church that sent the first missionary, missionary decided to send a second missionary. When the second missionary arrived, this new nation, in less than six months, the church was packed full. I mean, there was nowhere to sit in the church. And so he was calling his friends back home and was telling them, the harvest is so ripe. You can imagine since I arrived here, there is no stress, no struggle. People are just coming into the church. We have not even gone out for evangelism, but the church is full. I'm thinking of starting two services. God has been, God has favored me here. The grace of God is manifesting over my life. My ministry is growing. I mean, he was celebrating the good things that God was doing in his ministry. And one day, the king of that city called the new missionary to his palace and told the missionary and said to him, I know you may be surprised by the fact that everybody in this town, including me, is coming to your church. And the king said to him, don't get it twisted. Don't think that it's because of anything you're doing or because you came new or because you're preaching well. He said, there was a man that came to this land. He was here for 20 years. We observed him. We watched every move that he made. He was consistent with the truth. He never deviated from anything that he preached. He lived by what he preached. He was willing to die for what he preached. There was never a day that we found him wanting for anything that he believed or preached. Throughout his days in this place, there was no suspicion or conspiracy or any black scandal against this man of God. Never was he seen compromising anything regarding his calling. And when this man of God died, I said to myself and my people, that if a man can live the way this man lived and die for what he believed, that thing must be true. Let's go to that church. That is why we are all here. It is not because of anything you've done. So that is when he understood that the harvest and the blessings that he was enjoying was as a result of the efforts of the former missionary. I want to say to you this morning, 
The world is tired of hearing the word of God. They want to see the word of God. Is anybody hearing me? The world, we have, we have the word of God on TVs, we have it on app, we have it on different people are forwarding preachings on social media, on WhatsApp, on Instagram. But what the world is longing to see is people doing the word of God. We've heard it preached, we've read about it, they've sung about it, they've act movies about it. But what the world is looking for right now is see people that will do the word of God. Hallelujah. So if you're going to forget everything that I said this morning, the message today is be a doer of the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Be a doer of the word of God. That is what I'm saying to you this morning. Doing the word of God. The word of God was not given to us just to read, just to memorize. The reason why God gave us the Bible is to do what the Bible is written, what the Bible says. It was not given to us so we can memorize and move around and tell people how many scriptures we know or how many stories we know in the Bible. The word was given to us to do. Is anybody hearing me? The word was given to us to do. So if you have the scriptures, you have it all memorized, and you are not doing anything it says, does that make you different from an unbeliever? There is no difference. The only reason why the Bible becomes relevant to humanity is if the people who believe in the Bible are doing what the Bible says. If we read it, we memorize it, and we don't practice what it says, it doesn't mean anything. So be a doer of the word of God. Hallelujah. Now in Joshua chapter 1, you must realize that the people have been in the desert for 40 years. And the Lord made them a promise that he was going to give them a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, the reason why they were in the desert for 40 years is because they did not believe that God was able to do what he had promised. So God had to kill their unbelief to make sure that they believe in his promises before he let them in. According to theologians, there was a round that would take them at most seven days from Egypt into the promised land. But because of their unbelief, it took them 40 years. Sometimes the promises of God may be delayed in your life, not because of the devil, but because of your unbelief. Because you are not fully believing God for what he wants to do for you, things may be delayed in your life, it may be delaying your marriage, in your career, in your business. Not because the devil is powerful, but because of your unbelief. Because when you believe God fully, then you comply with God fully, and you activate the power of God to fulfill his promises. Amen. The reason why they delayed in the days that was because they did not believe in the promises of the Lord. Can you imagine that God demonstrated himself in ten different ways? I mean, spectacular miracles. That were not heard at any time. Turning water into blood. Killing all the firstborns. Causing flies on the land. Making darkness to be on the side of the Egyptians. But light on the side of the Israelites. Can you imagine the miracles? Wow. And after all this display. The moment they saw the little obstacle in the desert. They said to Moses. Were there not graves in Egypt for us to come and die in the desert? We had garlic and cucumber. Everything that the Lord did for them, they forgot. What was more important to them was their food and their pleasure. And the Lord said, with this kind of attitude, they will not enter into the promise. The only person that left Egypt that entered the promised land was Caleb and Joshua. The rest all died. Nobody who left Egypt entered the promised land except Caleb and Joshua. 
Because God said anyone with unbelief will not see the promise that he promised to them. So, I want to believe that everything God has promised to me, may it not be my son that will inherit them. May I see them too. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, God is faithful to his promises. If God says, I'm going to bless you, maybe you don't have the belief, it may transfer it to your son. Throughout your life, you suffer, you suffer, and then your son grows up and believes, and all that blessings begin to manifest upon that child. May that blessing and the promises of the Lord not keep you because of unbelief. Amen. Hallelujah. So after they've struggled with all these people, and then now they're about to conquer or enter the promised land, you would think that Moses, who had experienced all these things, will say to Joshua, please, as you go into this land, make sure you build a fence not to allow enemies to come into the land. Make sure you till the land. Make sure you work very hard. Moses did not say any of these things to Joshua. But this is what he said. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. He says, meditate on this book day and night. He said, then you shall make your way prosperous and have good success. In other words, what Moses was telling Joshua was this. There are many things you can do once you get into this land. But what is going to guarantee your victory and success and prosperity in this land is not how much you work. It doesn't depend on the economy or the finances or the treasury or the education or whatever. Everything that you are going to survive and live on in this land depends on how much you value this book. It says if this book stays on your lips and you meditate upon this book day and night, success and prosperity is guaranteed. Hallelujah. This is the recommendation that God, Moses, gave to Joshua from God. And listen to what he said. He said, this book shall always be upon your lips. You've noticed that most of the time, the only time we hear the word of God is when we go to church, religious ceremonies, and in special places, or in troubled times. You know, this book should live in your heart. I mean, this book should stay in your heart and live on your lips. Hear what I'm saying? The Bible is supposed to stay in your heart and live on your lips. It's the most like, for example, you, maybe you live in Manassas, but sometimes they see you in Sterling. Sometimes they see you in Woodbridge. The word of God is supposed to live in your heart. And anytime people want to know or hear, it should be upon your lips. It's not in church that we hear the word of God. The word of God is supposed to be always upon your lips. Like I said, the Hindus, the Muslim think that the Quran is the last revelation. They believe that the, there was the, 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 the Old Testament, which is the first revelation. The New Testament is the second revelation. And then the Quran is the last revelation. So for them, the Quran is the most important book. And then the Hindus think that their, their Bible, which is called the Vedas, is also the most important revelation. That's what they think. Then the Buddhists think that the Tripitaka, which is what they call their own Bible, is the most important book in the world. But what Moses is saying to Joshua is this. You are going to encounter many books that are important. But this one should be the one upon your lips. I don't care what you read. I don't care what you know. But what is going to stay on your lips is this book I'm giving to you. Because by this time, Moses had compiled the first four books, the first five books of the Old Testament. It was now in scrolls. Trans, trans, I mean, transmitted to Joshua. And Moses is telling Joshua, I don't care what you encounter in this land, what word you hear in this land, what book you are going to see or hear about. This one should be the one upon your lips always. Yeah. 
and then you will have good success. The second thing he says, meditate on it day and night. So listen, he didn't say that meditate on this book in the day and meditate on this book in the night. That's what he's saying. And he's saying that this book, you have to meditate. He said, whole day thing and a whole night thing. Because when we, when we read the Bible, we'll be early in the morning, when we get up and read again, maybe late at night when we, when we are going to bed, we think that we've completed you know, the ritual for that day. But what Moses is saying to Joshua is this. The meditation is not something you do only in the morning or something you do only in the night. It's a whole day thing and a whole night thing. What does that mean? Any opportunity that you get, stay in the world. If it's in the night, stay in the world. Hallelujah. All day and all night. Like I said, for some Christians, it's only in the morning. For some people, it's only in the night. But the Bible wants us to stay in the world all morning, all day, as long as we have that opportunity. And it says, once this word is upon your lips, you're meditating upon day and night. It says, be careful to do everything written in it. Listen, it didn't say be careful to do some things. Written in it, or particular things say everything written in it. Uh, may I say that we are living in a time where Christians pick and choose what they want to obey. When you quote a scripture that seems very powerful and convicting, they say, Oh, that's the old testament. They they, they toss that one away. Then when it says something that they want, like for example, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Nobody cares to know whether this is old testament or new testament. As long as it favors me, that's good for me. But if I say something like you have to pay your tithe, oh, that's Old Testament. Because it doesn't favor them. We are living in a time where people pick and choose exactly what they want to obey. But Moses said to Joshua, this book of the law should not depart from your mouth. Meditate upon it day and night. So you may be careful to do everything, not some things. Everything written in this book. Hallelujah. Everything written in this book. Like I said before, the purpose of any manufacturer's manual, when you buy your TV, I remember when I bought a crib for coal, it came with a manufacturer's manual. And when you follow that manual, it tells you place this one on the right, this one should be inside, this one should be outside, and then it helps you set up the whole manual. Now take for example, if you don't know how to set up this device or this, this crib or whatever you're trying to set up, you go and take the manual from the box or the, the, the box that came with the, with the thing and you throw it away and you try to set up that thing by yourself. Guess what is going to happen? You may try to set it up, but I show you by the time you finish, you have pieces left that you didn't assemble because you did not follow the manufacturer's manual. When God also created man, God did not leave man alone. God gave man a manual. So that anytime something goes on wrong with your life, you can go back to that manual and refer to that manual how your life was supposed to be, how your life can be set up, how your life can be assembled, how your life can be programmed, and that is the word of God. And the reason why we face difficulties, we face hardship, we face trouble sometimes in our lives is because we do not go back to the manufacturer's manual to refer and to consult how our life is supposed to be. Like I said, James chapter 1 verse 22, it says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. In other words, if we gather here every Sunday just to hear and have a good time, 
But without practicing what we hear, the Bible says we are deceiving ourselves. What would be the reason for to be here every Sunday and you don't practice what the Bible says? And then somebody stays at home and don't practice. What is the reason? You're wasting time. You're wasting gas. You're wasting money for no reason. The only reason why we are here is to hear so that we can practice what we hear. Is anybody hearing me? It says, be careful to do everything that is written. Now, this morning, I want to share with you two things if we are going to be doers of the word of God. Two things if we are going to be doers of the word of God. For us to do what the Bible says, we, we need to, number one, know the word of God. How can you do what you don't know? You know, I, I had a difficulties when I was growing up. I remember that my mom would beat me several times about certain things. But as I grew up, I realized that it was not because I was stubborn. It was because I didn't understand exactly why she was giving me that instruction. For example, my mom would say, I don't want to see you again in that house. And she just expects me to obey what she says. But I believe that if she gave me the reason, maybe say that one day is a witch, maybe that would scare me not to go to that house. But because I did not understand exactly why she wanted me not to go to that house, I went again. Over and over and over. Or sometimes I don't want to see you in that field playing soccer again. For me, it did not make sense. So I went again and again and again. And so the reason why sometimes we don't do what the Bible says or we completely ignore or disobey over and over is because we do not know the word of God. Listen, knowing the word of God is not reading the word of God. Anything that you cannot apply, you don't know. If you read it and you are not able to apply it, you don't know. Let me ask you a question. If you study the whole year, let's say for a certification, you, memo, you study the whole questions and everything, and you go to the exam and fail, do you know? Do you know? If you know, you pass. The only way to assess that you know is when you pass. You can't say, well, I don't care about this. the exam. I know. The only way to prove that you know is to pass the exam. You can't tell me that you failed this exam and you say, I know. The only way to assess that you know is to pass. What am I saying? If before every trial, you fail. Before every opportunity to give it to you to practice the word of God, you fail. When every time you are tested or tried, you fail. It means you don't know the word of God. Because if you know the word of God, you are going to put that word into practice. It is because you don't know that you are not able to put it into practice. So if we are going to do what the scripture says, we need to know the word of God. Hallelujah. We need to know the word of God. Now, how do you know the word of God? You have to study the word. You know, people have given many recommendations on how to study the word of God. Some people say study by topics. And then some of us just do what I call uh, try and error. We just close our Bible in the morning and say, Lord, speak to me. And wherever it falls, we read. And sometimes as you open, it says, Thou art cursed in the city. Oh, no, 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 that's the word of God. You close it right. You open it again. When it says something that you like, then you, you read. My recommendation for every believer is this. The first thing you have to do as a Christian that will give you a foundation in understanding the scripture is Read the Bible first from Genesis to Revelation complete. Read it complete at least once or twice. I've realized that sometimes when I'm preaching, I'm assuming sometimes that everybody knows the story in the Bible. So I may mention a name like Mephibosheth, 
But not everybody here knows about Mephibosheth. So what I'm saying doesn't make any sense because they don't know anything about Mephibosheth. And I may not have time to go and explain to you what Mephibosheth, that he was the son of Jonathan, and Jonathan died, and David was trying to show kindness to somebody from Jonathan's house, and then they brought Mephibosheth. I may just assume that everybody knows the story of David and Jonathan, and how David was trying to show kindness to somebody from the house of Jonathan. So if you are not going to have a whole picture of the Bible, you can't understand what the Bible is saying. There are certain things you read in Genesis that may not make sense. Once you get to Exodus, you begin, ah, I see. Once you get to Leviticus, oh, I get the point now. So you have to read the Bible first from Genesis to Revelation. So that way you have a whole picture of what the Bible says. Because to interpret the Bible, there are four things you need to consider when you interpret the Bible. We have what they call the immediate context. What is the immediate context? For example, this verse that I just read this morning is the immediate context. Then there is the near context, which is the chapter that that script or that story or that verse is found. Then you have the large context, which may be the whole book, maybe the whole book of Joshua is a large context. Then you have the global context, which is the whole Bible. So if I read something in the Bible, I cannot make an interpretation from that thing based on one verse. I have to consult the neighboring scriptures, the neighboring chapters, and the whole Bible. If it is not in agreement with the verse that I've read, then that interpretation is wrong. So you cannot just read one scripture from the Bible and use it as an interpretation. So you have to read everything in the Bible. For example, if I come to you and say, the Bible says, let the dead bury the dead, so I'm not coming to your father's funeral. Right? I just took one scripture in the Bible and I made an interpretation saying that well, from now on, brothers and sisters, as a pastor of this church, I'm not coming to any funeral because the Bible says, let the dead bury the dead. But for you to understand what Jesus was saying, you have to read that passage to clearly understand what that scripture was saying. Then when you read other verses in the Bible that Jesus was present at a funeral, it tells you that that interpretation that you have is wrong because Jesus himself attended a funeral. So it could never be forbidding people from being at a funeral. If somebody hear what I'm saying, immediate context, near context, large context, and global context. That is why you need to read the whole Bible to get the global context of the Bible. Number two, if you are going to know the word of God, as the Bible says, meditate upon this word. What does it mean to meditate? If anyone has done any exam, especially certifications, you agree with me that sometimes you have to memorize what you have studied. For example, if you do something like, let's say, networking, there is a particular one you have to memorize, like OSI model. Sometimes after you study, to make sure that you know, you cannot just say, well, I know. You have to, okay, application, presentation, session, transportation, networking, data link, physical. You, you say that over and over to assure yourself that you know. So after you've read this word, Meditation is this. You go back in the evening after you've read. You take that Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 that you've read and begin to meditate over it. The same word that is used for meditation is the same word for regurgitation. Which animals do. For example, if you've been in a place where animals are raised, you will notice that in the evening you see like goats, cows, they will start chewing again in the evening. But they don't have any grass around them. So what happens is this. When they go out in the day to eat, they actually the grass, but they don't swallow it all the way in. It's that they keep it somewhere. Then when in the evening, like they're hungry, they bring it back to their mouth 
and then chew it again and digest it and send it in. That is the same word for meditation. So when I'm reading the Bible, I'm reading everything in the Bible, but if I come across something that is interesting, I underline it. Then in the evening, when I've come back from work, I've eaten, I've rested, I go back to that thing that I read in the morning. Then I begin to focus upon it to get deeper revelations. That is meditation. Meditation is not what people do in yoga where they sit with candles and cross their legs and just be cross and meditate. That's not meditation. You go back to the word, you read it again. You memorize it again. You dwell upon that word until the rhema begins to come up. Is somebody hearing me? You meditate. Then that way, you are able to know the word of God. May I challenge you by saying that the Muslims, especially in the Middle East, before they finish elementary school, they are expected to memorize the whole Quran. So when a child steps foot in kindergarten, the first day, they have a passage the first day that is a target. You have to memorize this passage. During your second term, you have another passage to memorize. It is divided in such a way that by the time you finish elementary school, you can memorize, you have memorized all the chapters in the Quran. And some of us cannot even recite memory verses, not to, not to talk about memory chapters. Who here can recite one chapter of the Bible completely? I don't think. To recite one, any chapter of the Bible completely. So if we are going to know the word of God, it's not just to say I know, you have to be able to say it out. Hallelujah. You, you bring it upon your lips and you begin to say it out. You memorize upon it. Amen. Let's teach even our children the word. Let them begin to memorize upon that word. As they grow up, that word will be polished in their hearts. Amen. In Psalms chapter 119 verse 11, David said, I have stored on my, your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Like I said, the reason why we continually violate the things that God does not want us to do is because his word is not in our heart. Because if it is in our heart, that word will begin to guide us on what to do and what not to do. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16, it says, Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Like somebody said, how rich you are going to be, it depends on how much of God's word is taught up in you. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. In Proverbs chapter 7 verse 3, it says, Bind them upon your fingers. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Now, in the Old Testament, there was something that these people would do in order to know the word of God. They would have like flashcards tied on their, on their belt, tied on their chair. I mean, the word of God was everywhere just to make sure that they know how to memorize it. In Psalms 119, verse 97 to 99, David said, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me, and they make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than my teachers because I meditate upon your word. Hallelujah. We need to study the word of God. We need to learn the word of God. We need to memorize the word of God. We need to meditate upon the word of God so that we'll be able to do what it says. Amen. Number two, if you are going to do what the word of God says, you need to know that your success lies in it. That's what the Bible says. It says, be careful to do everything so that you may make your way successful. What is Moses said to Joshua? If you are going to succeed, it depends on how you practice this word I'm giving to you today. If you practice this word, then you will succeed. Listen, God has laid down principles in the scriptures for us as Christians. 
It says for you to be blessed, what do you have to do? I'm asking a question. For you to receive, what do you have to do? You give. That's a principle in the scripture. But if you say, I don't want to give, and you pray every day, oh God, I want to receive, will you receive? You cannot receive because the word of God says the way to receive is to give. That is a command in the scriptures. So if you don't know what the word of God says, you cannot do. And if you don't understand that your success lies in doing what the word of God says, you will not be able to do it. So you have to understand that your success in marriage, your success in business, your success in your relationship, your success in your career lies on the ability to practice what the word of God says. Sometimes we are more prompt to listen to what our jobs are saying, but not what the word of God is saying. If the word of God is your standard, you will never find yourself at your job doing something wrong. For example, you may go late and your supervisor does not catch you going late. But what is God saying about your late coming? You may fill in your timesheet wrong by putting in a time that you were not even present. And they don't catch you at that time, on that timesheet. But what is God saying? Remember that promotion coming neither from the east nor from the west. It coming from the Lord. It is not your supervisor that determines whether you are promoted or not. God who sees your activities determines whether you'll be promoted or not. So if you understand that doing the word of God depends, will, will guarantee my success, then that will encourage you and motivate you to put God's word into practice. Hallelujah. Your success lies on this word. Your prosperity lies in this word. I always tell this story about a, 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 a guy who was present with a father and the father was about dying. And when the father died, the father removed credit card, I mean a debit card, and gave it to him. And the boy took the debit card, and the father wrote the pin of the debit card, and everything I gave to the boy. But the boy knew nothing about the debit card. So he buried the father, and then he said, well, this is the only thing my dad left for me. So he went and classified that debit card, and put it on the, on the wall somewhere in his house. And anytime you look at the debit card, say, oh, this card reminds me of my father. And the guy was broke, struggling with his house rent, struggling with his car notes, struggling with his hospital bills. I was not able to pay for anything. Finally, he was diagnosed with cancer, and he didn't have money to go through the treatment, and he also died. When they were coming to take out everything from his house, somebody saw the plastic back on the wall with the debit card. And they said, let's find out exactly what is in this debit card. And they saw the debit card and all the pin and the information written behind the debit card. When they called the bank of that debit card, the bank said, this account has been dormant. And it has over $1 million in this account. And no transaction has been going on in this account for like five years. He had everything he needed for his life, for his bills, in that debit card, but he had no clue what he had. Listen, everything we can ever need in this life is in the word of God. This word is to us like that debit card. Success is in this word. Prosperity is in this word. Healing is in this word. The Bible says, I send my word and he heals your diseases. Amen. It says the entrance of his word brings light and give understanding to the simple. David says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Those who have this word cannot walk in darkness. 
The reason why we struggle is because of our inability to put God's word into practice. Everything we can ever need or we are going to need is in the word of God. This is your debit card. Once you have this word, you can never be stranded. If you practice this word, you can never be frustrated. But what do we do? We come on Sunday, we open it, we read it, and we go home, we throw it somewhere. Then on Sunday morning, we dust it again and then bring it back. If we are going to have success, let's put this word of God into practice. We can all agree that the reason why we have difficulties, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in family, whether it's in business, is because we don't put this word of God into practice. Like I was saying, when Jesus was tempted by the devil, what did Jesus do? He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And what did he do? He overcame the devil by the word. But I've seen Christians who say, I know what the Bible says, but I must do what I want to do. God will forgive me. So you know what it says, but you don't practice what it says. Sometimes in conflict, whether it's in conflict at your job or in conflict with your marriage, you know what the Bible says about that situation. But you choose to practice what your emotion is saying or what your feelings are saying. No, you don't know the word. Because if you know the word, you will practice what the word is saying. So our problem is not the things we are going through. Our problem is the, our inability to practice what God is saying. Sometimes God just wants you to shut up, not say anything. But because you are so high, you can't stay quiet. You rather do what your feelings are saying than say after I'm sorry. Jesus would have said, well, I know the Bible says man shall not live by bread. But the way I'm hungry now, I have to turn this stone into bread. He would have done it. But he understood that doing what the word of God says was more important for his victory. Hallelujah. He would have eaten that bread but given his destiny to the devil. So, Let's leave this place and understand that our success, our victory, our prosperity lies in the word of God. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 11 verse 28. Jesus replied, Blessed rather are those who hear my word and obey it. There is no blessing in hearing if, if you don't obey. If you hear and don't practice, there is no blessing. In Psalms 191 verse 105, he says, Your word is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. Like I said, if you have this word, you cannot walk in darkness. Because your light will always shine. Amen. Amen. Many people say the Bible is confusing. That is because the author of the word is not in their hearts. Because if you live with the man who wrote the Bible, how can it be confusing? Because if it's confusing, he will clarify whatever is confusing. But because you don't have a relationship with the author of the Bible, it is always going to be confusing. So this morning, as we hear this word, if you are here this morning and you've not had that relationship with Jesus, it can be a time for you to fortify your relationship with God. Hallelujah. So when you read this word of God, it is going to be understandable. And lastly, before we go, we are going to have a seven-day challenge on the study of the word of God. And this is what you're going to do. Every day, whatever you read, just put the scripture and then tell us the revelation you got. That is it. On our WhatsApp group. Just say maybe Joshua 1, 28. And then you tell us the revelation you got. For these seven days from now till next Sunday. Let's, let's start cultivating that habit to get a strong revelation from the scriptures. Hallelujah. Can somebody, can somebody take that challenge? Can somebody take that challenge? 
Let's do it. Amen. Because this year, victory is our portion. I said success is our portion. But we need to put God's word into practice. Amen. Can we stand on our feet? If you are blessed this morning, just begin to give him praise. Just begin to give him glory. 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 glory.